You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. All right, everybody, hopefully you guys have had a great week so far, and if you have followed along on social media this week, you know that I said I was going to announce something big, and uh, that's what this podcast is. My shortcomings as a hunter and sportsman are habitat management and uh, into the realm of conservation. I, I don't own my own property. I don't lease my own property. So land land and habitat management are really not in the forefront of my thought process as an outdoorsman. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's several of, uh, of you guys that are in the same boat, but there are many of you who have reached out to me uh, through social media and said, Hey man, when are you going to get some guys on there who talk a little bit about habitat? When are you going to get some guys on there that talk about conservation and land management and uh, how to manipulate land for, you know, to improve uh, not just deer hunting, but all hunting and all wildlife. And that kind of got me thinking um, because I don't want to speak on something that I'm not specifically educated about. So the wheel started turning and I'm like, man, I need to, I need to get some, some people in here who know what they're talking about. So I started, I, I met these guys at the QDMA, uh, the QDMA show down in New Orleans recently. And then I started listening to their podcast and, um, it just kind of clicked and I came up with this idea and I brought it to Adam Keith and Matt Dye of Land and Legacy. Uh, they do a podcast. It's the Land and Legacy podcast, hunting and habitat management podcast. Okay. So I had a little conversation with them. I said, I would like to absorb 
your podcast. And I would like your podcast to be hosted on my RSS feed. So not only now, and that's what this announcement is, now the listeners of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast uh, podcast are going to get the nine finger chronicles podcast and the land and legacy podcast all in the same place so here's what's going to happen over the next uh month or so i'm going to start uploading all of their older podcasts their their library so to speak up to this rss feed so keep a lookout you're going to start seeing the land and legacy podcast pop up on on the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast feed as well, and give it a listen. Uh, and as you will hear up in the uh, this upcoming podcast, you're going to hear two guys who are passionate about land, passionate about wildlife, passionate about hunting, and uh, they're. If you ask me, they're very intelligent, and uh, that's what I I want to portray to my audience. So. The Nine Finger Chronicles, like I said, is absorbing over the next month or so the Land and Legacy podcast. So I'm going to start uploading uh, this weekend and next week and until I catch up to their new stuff. I'm going to be launching all of their old stuff. So I really suggest that you guys give it a listen and uh, and, and get, definitely give this podcast a chance because they have a lot to offer. And as you'll find out in this upcoming podcast... The, the information provided on the Land and Legacy podcast isn't just for landowners and people who lease. This is for everybody because they talk a lot about access, and that that deals with all hunters. They talk a lot about wildlife. That deals with all hunters, and it's not necessarily just whitetail. Uh, I'm an avid turkey hunter. I, I love to uh, hunt pheasants as well when I have the time. And their their podcast will touch on a variety of topics, including uh, what we've already discussed. So I'm really excited to be bringing these guys on. Hopefully those guys are too. I know they are, and they'll they'll mention that in this podcast. I, I think it's going to be a great addition to the Nine Finger Chronicles um, listeners. You guys are going to get a lot of awesome information out of this as, as well. And... Uh, and it's basically a journey. It's an adventure. And um, my goal starting out was to provide the best quality and possible content for the end user, you, the listener. And I think Land and Legacy will be an extension of that. Uh, I'm excited. And here I go rambling again. And that's what I do when I'm, when I'm excited. So give these guys a listen. It's going to be a, a, a great addition to what we're already doing. And uh, so... This upcoming podcast is Adam Keith and Matt Dye of Land and Legacy kind of introducing themselves. Uh, they're going to tell us how they got their start, how Land and Legacy was born, and uh, some other information as well. And then, like I said, be sure to keep an eye out for more podcasts coming from Land and Legacy on this RSS feed. I'm sure you guys are going to enjoy it. Now, let's get into today's I guess it's not even anything that we typically do, but the podcast introduction podcast with Adam Keith, Matt Dye of Land and Legacy. All right. This is big news. All right. So I'm on the phone right now with two guys who are way smarter than me. And uh, that is the reason that I'm interviewing them today. 
And there's a huge backstory to this, but I'm just going to go ahead and introduce them first. We're talking today with Adam Keith and Matt Dye from Land and Legacy. Guys, how you doing tonight? We're doing great, Dan. How are you doing? I can't complain. Uh, I'm I'm fixing to get educated. That's right. We'll do our best. We'll say that. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I can be dense at times, but uh, um, I've I've because I gra- I graduated high school, I graduated college, and if I can do those two things, really anybody can do anything. I hear you there. We're, we're kind of cut from the same cloth then. You know, when you were saying, you said something like way smarter than, than you are, I, I kind of looked at Matt and I was thinking, who else is coming on this podcast? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It can't be us. <laughs> Amen. Now, he may have missed down and said two guys, but really meant three guys on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. So the reason I have you guys on this podcast is because we're kind of making a, an announcement today and um the nine finger chronicles and the land and legacy podcast are kind of shaking hands and joining up to showcase your guys's podcast on the nine finger chronicles uh podcast rss feed and the the reason i wanted to do that is because you guys specialize in a variety of things that I don't know anything about, like property management, food plots, deer management, um, quality deer management, all these conservation and whatnot, all these things that as someone who, A, I don't own property, I don't lease property, and I get a lot of questions about what you guys specialize in, and I don't feel comfortable covering that content on my own, I figured, why don't I bring these guys in and have them do it for me, so to speak, and kind of promote your guys' brand. And you guys get the opportunity to share what you're all about, share your knowledge, share your experiences. So I think the best thing to do uh, from right here is just kind of explain your guys' background, uh, talk about land and legacy, talk about where you guys came from, how land and legacy started, and just give us the spiel. Okay, sounds great. I will, I guess, uh, I'll start off and just say that I grew up in a very small town in southern Missouri. Grew up in town, but 10 miles from my family farm, which is a working cattle farm. We were trying to manage for wildlife, but if anybody's ever been in the Ozark Mountains knows that it is very tough to manage whitetails and, and most importantly, harvest big whitetails. And so at that early age, it was like, okay, how can we make this better? Started trying to manage, do different things, and it kind of really just developed into a passion at a very young age. And with it being a cattle farm, I kind of I went to college and actually studied agriculture. And then I guess started taking a job with the Missouri Department of Conservation. That led into a job where I was filming. And years later, I was still filming and doing property management and consultations and i met matt and we kind of blended and i'll let matt explain his background but that's kind of a in a nutshell how i got started yeah so for me i grew up on the east coast i'm, I'm a virginia native and spent 22 years of my life growing up there and uh, was fortunate enough to have 
family who were farmers, they were crop farmers, hay farmers, and cattle farmers. So um, growing up, I, I was blessed to have a kind of a, a disposal of private land to be able to learn and grow and play in and learn how to hunt. And that really just kind of captivated me from a young age. And I knew that I, I wanted to do something with, with hunting and, and farming. And really, as I, as I learned more about the two, I learned that there was opportunities to do wildlife management and kind of married the two of them together um, with kind of family tradition and then my, my passion for the outdoors. So as I went to college, I went to a small school and um, kind of tailored my, my major and some of my, my elective courses to studying deer, studying habitat, um, this and that, and did some research through that in my undergrad. And then um, after that, I went directly, when I graduated college, directly to Maryland and worked for a private um, land consulting business and then moved out west. Um, that's where Adam and I um, had kind of, we had met earlier through an internship and, and then we kind of reconvened and, and worked together for a year or two and then just started uh, laying a legacy, doing a lot more consulting and property management. So let's talk about that. I, I always find it interesting how two people meet and then two people share the same idea and the same passion about about a certain thing and how that ends up growing. So talk about the the initial conversations that you know, once you guys hooked back up after that internship, the the conversation that you guys had with each other that sparked land and legacy, and then go into detail about what land and legacy actually is. Okay, um, so you know, when Matt and I first met, of course, like most, pretty much all your listeners and and us as well, we have a deep passion for hunting. Um, but one passion that's probably just as equal for Matt and I, and we realized that early on was a passion for land and conservation and trying to preserve this wonderful gift that we have of, of land. And through those conversations, we were kind of both working a lot with just deer and deer habitat, but we realized pretty quickly that we both came from cattle farms and we both love turkey hunting. I love quail hunting. He loves waterfowl. I do some waterfowl hunting. We realized that we love those just as much as deer. So we kind of drew up land and legacy as how can we help people? And most importantly, how can we help people manage on budgets a lot of times or on multi-purpose farms? So uh, just like our background is hunting and managing around cattle operations. And so that background and that passion of understanding that, managing on budgets and, and educating ourselves on ways to improve the land on those budgets. And that kind of was the whole concept. And then when we put the concept together, people started calling and we started going out and helping people all, all across the country. I, I think as, as we really got to know each other, of course, there's the, the similar passions and different passions, but overall they all kind of came back to, to just the overall conservation land management side of things. And, and through that kind of burst out land legacy much later down the road, but, it was just a, a hand in hand, our, our backgrounds from him being in the Midwest and having cattle and working with state agencies. And then I worked um, in Virginia with a different ecosystem, similar story, but um, those different passions of hunting and everything. And I worked for state and federal level throughout my career. And 
all that just kind of packaged and, and came together. It's like, you know, we really kind of were diversified in our, in our passion and our work history that we can really touch a lot of people and, and give them information and share education, um, whether that's the podcast or just going out to their properties and consulting and, and writing management plans for them. You know, we can, we can do a lot. And, and that's, you know, we're, we're, we're very passionate about hunting, very passionate about land conservation, but sharing that knowledge because we, we appreciate it so much is, is another passion of ours. We just like getting out there and helping people. Right. And so, that, so that kind of your, your love of the land and the love of helping people kind of create like, that's like the equation for land and legacy, right? Your love, your love yeah. of nature, your love of land, your love of, of, of hunting and the, the love of helping people kind of all snowballed in. And you guys said, Hey, let's start a, Let's start a business. And that's where land and legacy came from. For sure. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very much a passion to, to help people and understanding that um, even if it's 20 acres, that the, the work you do on that can improve it. And, and the more properties we're on and the more habitat that's improved, we're just spreading across the country and watching fallow land, land that's just being unmanaged, turn around and be something productive for the wildlife and the landowner. And, and our, our mission, I guess, and, and that kind of comes in with, with our name is land and legacy is, you know, we don't want to just manage for here and now. We want to take it to the next level and really educate people and share the importance of what you're doing now not only affects you, it's got short-term, you know, ability to reach your short-term goals, but long-term, let's manage with the aspect of, of improving it for years down the road. So whether it's your kids or the next landowner, you know, that land, it doesn't go away. What you do now impacts it. So let's, let's you know, think about what we're doing and make the right decisions ahead of time and then implement those practices and techniques. So not only again, year right now, but years down the road, there's it's overall improvement. Right. That's uh that's pretty cool. Now, when you guys, you know, set off to do this, um, it, you know, you had the passion, you had the drive. How, how hard is it? to spread your message or to get a landowner or someone who wants or someone who leases a big chunk of property to believe the message that you're trying to, I guess, tell them and to say that, hey, what we can do is better for your land and will result in, you know, a better experience for you. I think that's a, a good question. I, I think one of the things that we, we kind of often face is most of the people <clears throat> or many, many of our clients, they've had a piece of property for, for many years or they've been managing it for many years. They might have you know, had a couple off hunting seasons where they weren't as productive or they've seen the habitat just kind of change. And, and the biggest thing that we, I'm not going to say fight, but come across is people who, who are afraid of change on their property like they don't they don't know if what they're going to do or what they think is going to you know make an impact and they're like ah, i don't want to bite the bullet just make that change because they're they're a little scared um so really just educating them on okay if we do this this is what's going to change this is how it's going to change this is why it's going to change and as a result of that this is what is going to improve and 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 how you're going to be able to reach your goals so 
really kind of breaking through and, and getting to the fact of them convincing them and encouraging them that this change that we're recommending is positive and that's gonna it's gonna be able to help you and the property. And not and not just that, but a lot of our techniques and strategies that we use not only are beneficial to whatever their target species is, but we're trying to improve the habitat for whatever's living there. Like if it's if it's we're trying to improve the habitat for the deer, but use it as an angle to improve the habitat for the quail or even the pollinators like butterflies and honeybees, whatever we can do to overall improve the habitat for all the insects and animals that live in that property. We, we often get, I guess, that kind of weird stare. Some, some of the, the techniques or whatever that we use are, are very, I guess, uh, inclined with, with nature in the way that just the natural processes go. So we try and commit and talk to people about, you know, if we manage in, in the aspect or the way that Mother Nature is going to go, just that transition, then you're going to make improvements that are a lot more, um, make a bigger difference. Because if you're kind of fighting against just the natural way or the way that land is supposed to be, the, the historical presence of some species versus others, then you're really just going to be fighting and not managing. Um, so if you, if you take it on a natural way and use those techniques, you're going to see an improvement. So that's another thing that we just kind of try and convince people of and, and talk them through and give them um, the knowledge to be able to make and see those changes on their place. Right. So I'm sure you guys run into a, a lot of your clients may understand long-term, right? They may understand the long-term plan where, Hey, we, we want to make your, uh, your property better, not just this upcoming year, but throughout the the next decade, you know, the ne- and put together a plan to do that. So what do you say to the guys out there who maybe would be a little bit like me where I, I, I call you guys up. I'm like, Matt, Adam, I want you guys to come on my property. I want you to fix it up all, all good. And then I want to shoot a 200 inch buck. That <laughs> <laughs> we're all for that, absolutely. Uh, I'm going, okay, what's the catch? I, yeah. We do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Matt and I both looked at each other and we were like, "Is that the, oh that okay? That's the question. How do we manage for a 200? That's that's no, all part of it. Um, a, a lot of our clients are typically focused on white-tailed deer and right. and are trying to manage for bigger bucks basically right. and and that just using different techniques and strategies to do that a lot of times though one thing that matt and i kind of push a little more than than a lot of i guess a lot of people out there is understanding the natural basically the way natural cycle works and and not focusing on let's just say prioritizing the property um we go to into certain places let's say it's 200 acres and and they have 10 acres of food plots and that's where they spend a lot of time in the spring planting, a lot of time in the summer spraying, managing. In the fall, they're planting other fall food plots. But then we look at it, and they're like, We're, you're spending 75% of your time on 10 acres of 200. Let's, we got to change some things. If you're really looking to try and manage the deer herd and get bigger deer, we got to take a bigger bite. we got to manage more acres. And that's kind of – that's probably one of our biggest – I guess challenges is trying to get people 
understand their goals and objectives. And if they want 200 inch deer, then say, okay, you're going to have to manage more property. You're going to have to take a bigger bite. And a lot of times that's looking outside of food plots. Right. Yeah. And I, I think, I, I think it kind of comes down to the, also the education that, you know, not every deer is going to be able to reach even with five and six years of, of development and maturity. They're not all going to be able to reach the 200 inch inch class. And that's a great benchmark to, to set. Um, but I think, I think the reality is, is knowing how many can get there and what it, of course, what it all takes. Um, but just knowing that that deer at 200 inch deer is such a special specimen of, of a deer and they don't come every year. They're not born every year. They're, they're born few and far between. We're not all in Iowa, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> so, what? so having that, that expectation and honestly looking around and saying, okay, when I do manage my, my habitat, look at a farm that's, that's got great habitat and saying, what's their, what's their average? Are, are they typically shooting mid one sixties and then they're going to throw out a 190 or 200 every couple of years to have a chance to chase that buck. Then I think, I think understanding that, okay, saying we get, we're going to get the habitat where it needs to be. And then every couple of years, just based on, you know, patterns that we're seeing in the area, you're going to have that chance, that crack of that 200. Right. My, my point was, how many people want instant results as opposed to putting in the time and trying to, uh, you know, you know, you, you got, I'm sure there's a point where you have to inform them that things just don't happen overnight or even in one year yet a five years, 10 years down the road, then you're going to have something special as far as your property is concerned. For sure. You know, I think by the time people have considered hiring a consultant or or us, I think they've kind of become and educated themselves enough to understand that right. it's not instant results. But if they do call us, the initial phone call is is very much trying to dissect what's going on on their property, under going ahead and trying to understand where what they want out of the property. And then if, if that's the first question, I want to how quickly before I can grow 200, then the educational process starts. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely so let's say i call you up and i say hey i want you to come out to my property or i i i want you guys to you know i, I need a, cons- a land consultant what are some of the first questions that you ask someone who is maybe not necessarily ready to sign with you guys yet but um knowing you know information to find out if you guys are a fit for that that client yeah, what we first do is just kind of break down the, the three different kind of stages that we offer in our consulting um, realm. So we've got like a walking tour that's just kind of coming out. And, and, you know, if you're good at taking notes, that's really good for you. That's a great option. Where we come out to the property, dissect some things, and really just kind of lay out that property um, in a verbal manner. And the second is kind of a hybrid option, and that, that is where you come to the property – we do the tour and then we go home back to the office and, and knock out a custom map with our management strategy label on that map, whether that's, you know, kind of some clear cuts, some designated sanctuaries, some food plots, um, stand locations, so on and so forth. Um, or we go ahead and just do a full management plan, which is a, a written plan that's 15, 20 pages, site specific with a custom map. And, you know, it's a full day, pretty much 
on site talking and working with the landowner. Um, educate them on that, and then really just try and get some some property specifics, acreages, um, location. If you called, uh, we would first say, okay, where are you located? And we'd get the location. How many prop? How many acres are you managing, or how many properties are we looking at? And then one of the biggest questions: just what are your goals? Why do yeah. you want us there? And then we have to understand if that's a realistic goal or not. And if it's realistic, then we're all over it. But if it's if it's just simply 20 acres and they want to have a 200 incher every year, then it's it's basically trying to educate them and and get them to understand that that's probably not going to happen. But we can certainly improve even the 20 acres. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Now, when it comes to property management, right? It, 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 talking about, you know, talking in detail about everything that you guys have just mentioned, what can, and, and even including uh, conservation, does conservation and land management, I mean, do they mean the same thing? Are they different? Uh, elaborate on that just a little bit. I don't. That's a great question. Uh, there's there's certain techniques that people can use and implement um, to achieve their land management objectives that aren't necessarily conservation minded. And and what I mean by that is, let's say um, they want soybeans and they come in and they've got some um, timber. And, you know, five years down the road, 10 years down the road, that timber could actually be pretty productive. And, and um, they just come in with a bulldozer, knock it all down and plant soybeans. Then to me, that's not necessarily conservation minded practice when if you might look at another area on that property and say, you know, this, this is probably better suited, you know, 10 years down the road. What we can do is actually make uh, an income off that timber and possibly do some TSI and, and some other portion of the timber that's not as as um, good condition, um, and then place that that plot that soybean area in just a different location, and then then you kind of seen the the difference in land management versus conservation um, minded land management. Right. Okay. So now let's get into this podcast that uh, that the listeners are going to start seeing and listening to, um, on, on this RSS feed and on this, um, on the nine finger chronicles, uh, podcast list. It's going to be a completely independent podcast, different from the nine finger chronicles. You're going to get it on the same RSS feed, but what are you guys planning on covering, uh, on, on the land and legacy podcast? What kind of topics? That's a good question. We're not sure what we're going to cover this week, actually. Uh, <laughs> we joke because it's pretty much, as you probably gather by now, Matt and I are very passionate about this whole conservation and habitat and hunting, everything pretty much outdoors. Um, but our weekly podcast, what we typically shoot, we've covered everything from spring management practices. So in the spring, we often get asked, hey, what are you guys doing right now to improve habitat? So we, we'll do a podcast every spring, summer, fall, winter of just what those winter or that i guess period of, of the year activities involved um we talked about what all have we talked about turkey strategy hunting um, management for turkeys we talked about um basically a, a year in a buck's life one one podcast just kind of an overall 
if you if it deals with land, if it deals with hunting, hunting techniques, hunting strategy, we're gonna cover it. We try and stay kind of kind of current on what's happening, um, what's important at this time of the year. Kind of so kind of flip through your calendar or go back and and maybe watch or listen to past podcasts. Be like, oh, okay, that's that's a good thing. I can I can do that. You know, this coming weekend when I'm when I'm out at the property or something like that. Another thing we often do is is actually had great results with and and great interaction with is since we're consultants, we'll go go around and see different properties. And we get this question all the time. People just send us an aerial photo and say, hey, what would you do with this place? Um, and so on our podcast, if we go to a property and the landowner's like, hey, yeah, if you guys want to do a podcast on it, great. We'll share a map and then we will break down that property on the podcast wow. for the full time saying, this is, look at this area, part A, and this is the reason we laid out the road on the northwest side versus the northeast side. And we put a food plot here so we could access it from the north, from the road, and, and basically just dissecting a piece of property exactly how we would if we owned it ourselves and how basically laying out bedding areas and all kinds of different stuff. And that's been a, that's been a really popular podcast segment for us. Right. And I can definitely see that information being used by somebody who doesn't own land, doesn't have a lease, just a hunter in general, learning how to, you know, you guys explaining terrain and explaining where these bedding areas are, uh, uh, located in, in regards to terrain features. Yeah, for sure. We actually did a podcast. I don't know what number it was. I forget, but it was public land hunting. You know, Matt and I, even though I had a family farm, I spent a lot of time actually because when I was in college, the family farm was that it just wasn't having the amount of bucks and the, and the class of bucks that I was looking for. So we spent a lot of time hunting public ground and using the, the knowledge we gained during that time and uh, help educate others on, on our public land approach. Dan, nice. you, you mentioned there one really important thing that we, we try and cover, especially in those podcasts where we're, we're reviewing a property and a guy who doesn't have the land or doesn't lease land can still really take advantage of this. And that is access and accessing your property in the right manner to increase the effectiveness of hunting. So you got to you know anticipate where deer are coming from, going to, and land management, when when we think about a road system, is is really becomes priority when we get to a property, and then when we talk about it and break it down, road system is key. And we talk again a lot about that and how that affects your hunting and the success of hunting from any property, whether you're in Pennsylvania or Florida, it doesn't matter. Access is is incredibly important on a property. That's, that's probably one of the biggest problems we face when we go to a property and they drive us around and we see a food plot and we see the stand. We're like, how do you get into that stand? And they start right. explaining it. It was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And, and this happens a lot. If you're driving, if you're accessing a food plot, walking down the road and you're walking along the edge of that food plot to the back corner, and then you're expecting deer to walk past you and then be standing in that food plot when you get down, that that's, your game plan is is flawed and just just tweaking the access and the approach can often just be a significant even though it's something very minor it can be a huge um, change in the amount of success that you'll have in that area right awesome anything else that you guys are going to be covering we ha we have guests on um we have a couple qdma guys come on uh, one of them was focused on just timber management 
and uh, and the benefits of managing your timber. Another one was on uh, cattle, multi-use properties, and managing around cattle on on small and large properties. Uh, we've got some other people lined. We had a guy that was an Olympic shooter um, that was given all kinds of tips on how he practices throughout the summer and even continues practicing throughout the year. And uh, we like to, of course, in season during deer season, we're becoming a lot of a lot of hunting strategy or just sightings and stuff that, that we've had um, and, and kind of basically diagnose our, our property a little bit and talk about the features on that of, and where we're, where we're hunting at and why we're hunting there, why deer we're expecting deer to be there at certain times of the year and, and not on, on others. So overall hunting strategy is going to be really big in the, in the coming months is where everyone's preparing for season and in season. Right. So, are you guys as excited as I am about this upcoming hunting season? Because um, I just recorded the the Wired to Hunt podcast today earlier today, and I was flipping through. We were talking about trail camera pictures, and I was flipping through all my trail camera pictures, and I get this little tingle in inside, and uh, I'm I'm starting to get fired up. I'm not going to ask where you get your tingle, but yeah, we're definitely. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this is like, it's, it's crunch time. It's August. And that's when like the serious preparation, you get really serious about shooting your bow. You're studying those pictures, making the strategy for the season. And, uh, yeah, you, you always, for, for me, anyhow, when I'm practicing, I'm always imagining, okay, that buck that's on that camera, he steps out trying to just role play in my mind. Um, that's when I know season is just around the corner. Right. So, the podcast is going to be here. Everybody's going to start listening to the Land and Legacy podcast right here. But your website, landandlegacy.tv, you guys have a lot of other information uh, there as well. Talk to talk to us a little bit about that. Okay. Um, so basically when you go to the website, you'll see kind of a – I guess you'll see the promo sizzler. It's just kind of a about us, if you will. Um, and then we often share – a little bit more detail we'll, we'll, when we post um, the podcast, you'll see basically a blog that goes in a little bit more detail or gives links about specific products we're talking about. Um, and then we're planning on this fall really pumping up and getting some more content on there as well. That's going to be hopefully some videos, um, some vlogs, stuff like that, that where um, you can have, I guess, a, a more of a visual than just the podcast. Right. And, and if you're interested in, if you're interested in the consultation, the land management side of things, there's there's a, a page on there, a tab on there that kind of breaks down everything that, that we do and what we offer and, and what you can expect from um, us on a property tour, um, a written management plan, all the features, um, kind of the gut of, of what we do when it comes to land and wildlife management. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, guys, um, I am – I'm freaking excited – uh, that you guys decided to to jump on, uh, I'm I'm excited to start listening to what you guys are putting out. I'm excited to you know for my listeners to uh, hear your guys' story and 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 hear what educate you know how you can educate them and, and all that. And uh, thank you for thank you for coming aboard. And uh, I, I I said it again, man. I'm I'm just pumped for uh, what the future holds. 
We're pumped as well, Dan. We we can't thank you enough for the opportunity, and hopefully uh, we can get some information out there, and hopefully that your listeners and our listeners can all benefit from it. Absolutely. I think uh, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing for for hunting in general. I mean, you have a, a great listenership, and we've got guys who are following along, and I think it's just uh, the idea of coming together as, as hunters and conservationists and just outdoorsmen and women all together, just kind of blending together and, and kind of sharing information, sharing stories for the, for the common goal of the hunting heritage. That's, that's really important to us. So this is just kind of one step and, and we're definitely excited. Yep. Absolutely. Same here. And, uh, let me be the first to wish you Adam and Matt, good luck this upcoming season. Well, we appreciate it. Same to you. you. I don't know if you need any luck here in Iowa, though, right? <laughs> well, I tell you what, man they don't just they don't just uh, hop out with a sign that says "shoot me." <laughs> I remember when we talked about QDMA. It was just like, "Oh, you're in Iowa." That's probably one of your most frustrating things that um, everyone brings up. <laughs> yeah, oh, you're yeah. in Iowa. Yeah, it's not even fair. You just have yeah. the Trump card. Yeah, I'm a resident in <laughs> Iowa. So take that. <laughs> No, you'll have a, you'll hopefully have a great season. We were wishing you the best and um, and all that it brings. And there you have it. Uh, first off, I want to say thank you to Adam and Matt for agreeing to this harebrained idea and uh, deciding to join forces and move their podcast over to join the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. I'm really excited for you guys because I think this just opens more doors to become educated on deer uh, and deer hunting and and the terrain and habitat that they live in. And even though you don't own land or you may not own or lease, I think you can take away a lot of information from uh, from this podcast. So. Keep an eye out for it. Be sure to listen to it. It's going to come down the pipe the same way that the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast is. And uh, be sure to start listening to these, get caught up. And then as soon as uh, I get all these um, podcasts, uh, all of their podcasts uploaded, we're going to start getting fresh new content from them as well. And uh, then they're just going to be part of the family. And uh, Nine Finger Chronicles and the Land and Legacy, just uh, I feel these guys fit right in to the message that uh, I'm trying to portray. And this, these guys are going to be an extension of that. Again, I'm really excited. Hopefully, you guys are too. With that said, hopefully, everybody has a great rest of the week. More podcasts coming out next week from Land and Legacy and Nine Finger Chronicles. Be sure to check them all out. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And remember, if you're going to be in a tree, guys, wear your damn safety harness.